0: Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Paul Lisnick, Behind the Curtain Always fun to put the political life aside from my TV world and get into the entertainment and theater and art scene here on the WGN Radio podcast, because today is probably one of the most exciting shows we have done maybe ever certainly in a very long time. But coming out of that video, which you just saw, that's rehearsal video for a show that is playing here in Chicago, one night only. It's Saturday, October 15th. Yeah, that's like tomorrow. Uh It's going to be at three o'clock and eight o'clock at the Cadillac Palace Theater. But look who's joining me. Stephen Schwartz, the amazing, the incredible Stephen Schwartz, who is probably in town to walk down the street to see Wicked, which is having this incredible run. Stephen, good to see you again.
0: Hey, Paul, good to see you, too. And you're absolutely right. Um, it's it's a, a double dip for me here. I'm here to try and help out a little bit with Children of Eden. And then actually tonight I'm going to see Wicked. Do they know you're coming to the cast? Now? Oh, sure, of course. I don't sneak in on people. <laughs> okay, uh, I would, yeah. I would, because I would just like to. <laughs> hopefully, somebody will record their faces
1: when they when, when you get there. Um, so, listen for people. I mean, I think everybody knows who you are. But uh, by the way, we last met when you joined me for my backstage show, a Broadway in Chicago backstage. It was for working, right? Ago, and yeah. you performed Fathers and Sons for the audience, and we're still talking about it.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like singing that song. You know, it kind of has personal resonance for me, so it's one I like to do.
1: And you talked about that, in fact, and I still have it on my, all these years later, it's on my DVR. Uh, So I still (laughs) have it from when it ran. But people should know Godspell, which recently played, by the way, at Theo Ubuke Theater here in the Chicago area. Really intimate theater, really wonderfully done. Uh, Wicked, I don't even have to talk about that. It's just one of the classics of all time. Uh, But The Baker's Wife, Working, which I mentioned, The Magic Show. If I talk about all your credentials we're never going to talk about the children of eden so we've got to get to that so welcome to chicago and so for the children of eden that may be less familiar to people of your work than some other shows um so talk about what is leading you to bring it here to chicago bring it now and it's one night only one day only
0: yeah well actually um a group of chicago uh, theater folk decided they um wanted to do a, a concert presentation of it, they, you know, it's a show that means a lot to them. And um, they've thrown together an amazing cast. Mark Michelson is the uh, main producer, and he's put together uh, mostly great um, Chicago local people. Um, but brought in some terrific singers, David Phelps, and uh, you know, um, obviously well done. Yeah, Michelle, um, also very, both of them very well known, um, and they're great, but the rest of the cast basically uh, is is Chicago folks, or most of them are Chicago folks.
1: And actually your local director here, Derek Barum, who's also a, a, an alum of my backstage. Exactly. Oh, he's a fabulous director. He just fantastic did, um, head over
0: heels for CoCandy.
1: Yeah. So yeah, did you put this team together? put it together for you?
0: No, they basically put it together um, for me, you know, and then since uh, uh, Wicked was here also, I thought, well, I'll I'll come in and see if I can, you know, help a little bit and just work on a little bit of the music and etc. But basically, I'm, I'm mostly an audience and a spectator here. Gotcha.
1: You mean like Noah out Moses in? No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> for folks who don't necessarily know the story uh, of Children of Eden, I mean, it is Children of Eden. We get all those folks. So, but but tell, tell our viewers. Yeah, what, uh, it's
0: basically the first nine and a half chapters of the book of Genesis. It starts with the creation, you know, small theatrical event, the creation of the universe. And, um, and, and it goes until uh, right after the flood. So the second creation. And so obviously it's about second chances and trying to learn from past uh, uh, mistakes, et cetera. And it has a, a version of the Adam and Eve story, a version of Cain uh, and Abel, and then skips ahead to Noah and his family. But, um, you know, as, as always with what I like to do with uh, familiar stories, like wicked where you take a familiar story but you come at it from a different point of view um children of eden does that with these very familiar bible stories which is it it comes from a different point of view to talk about families and interrelationships within families and then you know sort of how we deal with our planet that we've been given etc so it, it uses those stories to deal with contemporary issues
1: and this is a show. I mean, this is not a brand new show. You wrote this one a couple of
0: decades ago. Oh yeah, uh, Children of Eden gets done all over the place, yeah. but it's a but it's a big show, and it will be big here. I I, I don't even know the size of the chorus, but um, I think it might be a triple digit size. Wow. Um, yeah, there there's like a it's kind of um. Uh, it, it's a show, of course, that uh, it will be here at concert, but it's also kind of an oratorio in that there's a lot of choral singing and... um consequently it utilizes a very big local chorus so you yeah, know there's there's a lot of bodies on the stage and, um, and of course you your productions
1: are now because with with wicked down at the niederlander uh you are in the two grand houses well, among the two because we've got a lot of them here in chicago but you're among the two grand houses and I, I you're actually talking to me now from the lobby of the cadillac palace theater that is correct yeah i don't know how when the, the last cadillac time theater
0: been, behind me yeah, yeah
1: but isn't it what is it what does it still after all these years do you walk into a grand space like that and just does it move you at all
0: i do i do there's i mean chicago has just some beautiful big as you say grand theaters and they have such an atmosphere and such a history to them so and they're they're very well maintained of course so um yeah it, it has a great sort of emotional feel to it when you come in here so,
1: and by the way, the, the, the stories you play with Adam and Eve, because I, I actually watched it again just the other day to just refresh mm. myself and watch the concert presentation because that's what this is going to be. Um, yeah. but, but so you do, there are, you play with some of the, well, I don't know if facts is the right word when you're talking about the Bible, but you, you play with the, a couple of
0: details here and there. Yeah. Well, it, it, as I say, it comes from another point of view yeah. and, um, you know, re-examines, you know, the choices that Eve makes, that Cain makes, you know, the. In, in the Bible, there are sort of the heroes and villains of the story, um, and in Children of Eden, it's, it's much more complicated than that, the way life is more complicated. And, and the way Wicked does the same thing, you know, plays with, um, you know, what we think of like, this is the good guy, this is the bad guy, but obviously reexamines that, and Children of Eden does a similar thing
1: you know, as I saw Wicked and I just saw that again, just less than a week ago. And, and, uh, my partner's already gone back twice. Um, and I've seen the show in my life probably a million times. The first time actually being the opening night in New York with Idea. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, with our author sitting behind me. It was fabulous. But anyway. Um, but you know, we take for granted, we listen to the music that you write for good and, and, and Defying Gravity, which I think is what's one of the greatest almost anthems of all time. I just have to ask you what, How do you do this? What, you know, because I'm sitting there, you start by sitting at a piano or something and just go, let's see, I think I'll write a song called "Define Gravity and just make it the, how do you do it? What is the the process?
0: Well, you're right. I do, you know, sit at the piano and I do usually have a title, Um, but it's always because I don't write, you know, individual pop songs. Mostly. I mean, I'm always writing for a story and for characters. And so I'm trying to both think about what, what aspect of the story am I trying to tell, and then I'm trying to become the characters who sing that part of the story. And um, so I'm coming from that point of view. And then, you know, whatever comes out is um, attempting to, to accomplish that. As opposed to, oh, I think I'll write a song, you know, called this. It's more like, well, what's happening in this scene, and what do the characters want, and what's the conflict, and where does it start, and where does it end in terms of the storytelling. Those are the. That, that's basically the approach that I'm taking.
1: When I saw Idina Menzel play Alphaba of, uh, for the second time, I, this is how naive I am. I went, no one else can ever do that role. This is just unbelievable. Well, of course, yes, other other actors can do that role and and they hit the notes and they're just fine, though she was amazing. Um,
0: is an, an amazing uh, talent. Yeah. She's, you know, I've just um been working on the um the soundtrack album for the Disenchanted movie, Disney's um sequel to Enchanted, and Adina has a big song in it, and it's just it, it, yeah, she's she is just Otherworldly. It's amazing yeah. what she can do with that voice. Well,
1: but and, and what she and and she needs your music to make it happen. You know, when you talk about sort of, I have a name, whatever. What about? I think your one of your early works was "Butterflies Are Free," the theme. Yeah, was that, you know, was that? Would that? Does that fall in this category? Or Was that
0: more of a? I have to just write this gorgeous theme. Um, well, thank you for calling it that. No, it had. A, there was a very specific assignment. If you remember the play, it's about a blind, a young man who's blind who wants to be a folk singer. And And so the assignment was write a folk song, the kind of song that this young man might write. And I thought, well, because he he is blind, there shouldn't be any visual images. All the imagery should be kind of feeling images and, you know, sounds, but not nothing, nothing visual. So, again, it's a specific storytelling assignment
1: um this is not the children of eden is not your first foray into the world of the bible godspell probably one of the most classic right. musicals of all time as i said just played here very recently at theo ubuke um so it looks like you <laughs> give it equal time little old testament little new testament <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> um, well, well prince well, of egypt is old testament yeah right so yeah. what
1: what is it i mean so is, is this something does it go back early in the day that, Is it a is there a fascination with these biblical stories i mean andrew lloyd weber had joseph you know what what is it with some of those old stories
0: they're great stories um, you know, and I think Andrew, who has a very, um, keen sense of theatricality as well. Um, that's why he is attracted to them. You know, they're, they're big stories with big ideas, big conflicts and big emotions. And so that lends itself obviously to musical theater.
1: So this is Children of Eden. That's, we need to talk about that to be sure. Uh, so it is a concert performance, as you've said. Um, by the way, I'm hearing some rumor stories. Let's make news. But is, is there a potential Broadway production headed in its near future?
0: Well, um, as I said, Children of Eden is a, Big show. So it's complicated to figure out purely from an economic point of view. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the feasibility of how to do it on Broadway. Um, there's always been talk about it over the years. And yes, there has been some renewed talk about it, but it's, it still is an economic challenge to figure out how to, um, to afford to be able to do it.
1: And by the way, if I'm right about this, Children of Eden was supposed to be on that stage a couple of years. I mean, the pandemic got in the way of
0: this, right? Exactly. This concert was supposed to happen, I guess, back in in 2020, maybe. And then the pandemic got in the way. So it's nice that they've you know, been able to put it together these couple of years later.
1: So one of the reasons I ask about the possible Broadway run is, as you know, so many things come to Chicago pre-Broadway, although I think you took Wicket to Seattle, but I won't ask about that.
0: Um, San Francisco.
1: Oh, San Francisco. I'm sorry. San yes. Francisco. Yeah. Um, well, even so. Uh, but <laughs> we want it still was here. in we Chicago.
0: Here. We want everything.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that's why I wondered, because this is the, you know, production in quite a while. So I was like, are you here? And you're here. So are you listening? Is are you want that feedback from that fantastic Chicago audience?
0: Yeah, I mean I've frequently said, Paul, as you know that I think Chicago is the best theater town in America. Um and and I I include New York in that. Um I think Chicago audiences are very smart, but they also come kind of rooting for the show, is what I found. And I, I've I've started a lot of things here and actually um, you know, have another New thing that I'm working on that I might, you know, with some luck, maybe we'll be able to start that here as well. Um, It's just a great um, place to to be able to put something before an audience when you are working it out yourself, because the audience um, is is part of that process. Then, Uh, and they and and as I, this is a very knowledgeable theater audience, but it's an enthusiastic and and essentially positive theater audience. Um, and that's very helpful, uh, for writers.
1: Yeah. We love our theater. And I always, as you said, I know New York has that label, but when I view New York and Lord knows, I see everything there, but it's, it's a tourist town as well. Right. So when you, when you're presenting your show, you're presenting it to New Yorkers, but you're, you're presenting to a lot of tourists too. But in Chicago, you're getting us. I mean, tourists as well, but you're really getting Chicagoans.
0: Exactly. Well, I mean, New York is more like you try and get the finished show there. Um, But it's not a place that you particularly want to work out a show. It's a much tougher uh, environment in which to experiment and and try things out. Um, Chicago, it's a long, long history, but it's very conducive to that.
1: Um, and I, look, I do, wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't follow up on what you just said. I heard you say you're working on something new, whatever. Are you going to put me off on that? Or can you give me a little bit of what? No, I'm going to put
0: you I, off on it. I'm, I, I probably shouldn't have mentioned it at all, but I have a big mouth. Uh, no, that's, but, and I had but to ask. Just, yeah, no, no, there's, uh, just, just starting on something new and, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, with, with a little luck, you know, we, we can, uh, Chicago audiences can see it early in its uh, in its development process. Well, if
1: it's a reworking a fiddler, let me know. I'm happy to play Tevya for you. So. Oh,
0: okay, right. No, I'll, I'll let you know when it, when I do that. <laughs> so when when you do
1: create, and I kind of opening this up for almost everything, um, again Wicked's here, so it's a good one to point to. But as you said, you th- so the book from what you're saying is the book has to come first. You you need to, or do you ever start with I, I've got some great music ideas, song ideas, and and maybe the book develops pursuant to what you created?
0: I don't. I don't work that way. Um, I work with my collaborators, certainly the book writer, sometimes the director, sometimes the producer, depending upon how early they're involved with the project. And, and together we work out the basic structure and the basic story. And then I actually like the book writer to start. Um, he or she doesn't have to write an entire script, but just to know how do these characters talk and what do they, what's, what's the tone? What's the feel? of the, of this show. And then, you know, I work to that as opposed to, Oh, here's a song. Find a way to write around that. That's, that's not my process.
1: And, and what role do you play? So I, I have this theory. Some people get, some people see it. I don't, but, but in, in Wicked and Define Gravity, um her last moment, right. Those, the last note she hits, uh-huh, uh-huh, right. I sang for Stephen Schwartz. Uh, the last <laughs> note that she hits. And I see what I saw in Idina was, the shift. It was, she became that witch in that second and the lights go out and she's the witch. And of course I kind of got mad at you because I want to give her a standing ovation. I want to go bananas with her, but we can't because it's intermission and it's so frustrating. So my two questions, number one, am I right that I did see that moment? And do you play a role in that? And number two, why don't we get to give her a standing ovation? And why do you take us to intermission?
0: Well, um, first of all, you are correct. That is basically the storytelling job of that song is you want to suddenly see her. This transformation has been happening through the entire first act, but suddenly it all comes together and you see the, the character that you know as the Wicked Witch of the West, Joe Montello, our great director, yes. staged this wonderful moment too, where the last little piece of her costume, which is the cape, gets put on her. Yes. And the way he staged it was that he, he put Glinda, who puts the cape on in front of, of uh, the, which so you so she's obscured for a minute and then glenda stands aside and alphaba stands up and suddenly you see the wicked witch of the west and it's such a great you know such a theatrical moment so yes you're absolutely right um it's true that you don't really get a standing ovation at intermission, but we do get that amazing roar that you hear from the crowd when the uh, when the lights go out. There's that sound in the theater that's really exciting. So Alphabet hears that, whoever Alphabet is. Oh yeah, for sure. Yes, definitely hears it.
1: I had the same gripe with Color Purple, by the way, and I'm telling you, I'm not going. That's another
0: another one of those yeah. moments. Well, that's that's. With- uh, I'm telling you, I'm not going as Dreamgirls, but yeah, right, yes, right, that's right. another one. Though when I saw it originally dream girls i think it did get a standing ovation like in the middle of the the act i think it did get it yeah
1: i got oh did i say oh, i said color purple yeah yeah of course dream girls with, yeah. uh, with
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah it was amazing
1: um let's back to you uh, so by the way i have a regards to give you because another show i don't know how long you're here <laughs> but um we have a show called cabaret Azu play uh, premieres uh, as luminaire it's playing right okay Leading, yeah right next to the um uh and frank ferrante stars in it but also starring in it as one of the singers and i i interviewed him yesterday and i told him i was going to talk to you he said please give him my love but james harkness uh is in oh, that show, in that performance yeah. and he just i said have you worked with steven he just gave me a, oh yes
0: yeah i know he's great he's great yeah and again you know it's it's a, really a privilege to be here and we we talked about david phillips you know and and michelle williams here but you know sam sui and you know great singers here and children of eden and and just chicago is so full of really talented people you know the ensemble members will step out and sing a verse or sing a line and they're they're all great so yeah it's really uh, nice to be here with chicago talent
1: and people are incredibly excited that you I'm incredibly excited that you're here I'll, I'll speak for me uh, Thanks. but but let me also so when when if people haven't attended a concert production before I, you know they might think everybody is in tuxedos and you know and and fine dresses and it's like they're going to the you know whatever going to a, a, a the lyric opera. For, for yeah, some. no, it's
0: it's not it's not black tie, right? Um, but the point being that um, though though they're costumed, uh, the the actors are costumed, and there's a little bit of staging every now and then because it's been put together so quickly. Um, mostly, they will be at music stands and they'll have their uh, music and and scripts with them. But you already talked about Derek, you know, what a clever director he is. And so he's staged a very good flow for it. And there's choreography in in spots, et cetera. So it's definitely not people in tuxedos, you know, just standing, bark and bark, as we as we call that kind of singing. It's not when, that.
1: When you play a role in rehearsals and such, um, do you, I'm thinking back to, I know your, your old friend, Stephen Sondheim, and, and, and I'm sure, you know, when, when Sondheim was in a space, people just freaked out, right? I mean, I've talked to actors who, okay. you know, with Sondheim in the room, nobody can talk, nobody can do anything. And they're just freaking, but I, I don't, I, I don't think you give <laughs> off that. This is a compliment. I don't think you have that vibe. I think, I think people. Not are at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not at all. I, I certainly, um, strive not to, um, you know, I think we actually talked about this at one time, one of the very first, jobs that I had gigs that I had was writing lyrics, um, for Leonard Bernstein's mass. And, uh, you know, I was a very young man. I was 23 years old, but I learned that from Lenny. I saw how he dealt with, um, people and, strove to get them over his own celebrity, if you know what I mean. He was so generous of spirit with everybody, and I really admired that. And I thought, you know, if I get to be well-known, I, I really am going to try to emulate that aspect that I'm learning from uh, from Leonard Bernstein.
1: Uh, are you aware uh, – this is an unfair question. I know you're a humble guy, but I just feel – are you aware of what, like, a big deal you are? I mean, you just – you are – You are a legend, one of those other living legends that are around. And it's just, I mean, do you like touch base with that? Or are you sort of like, yeah, no, not really. I don't
0: think about that. I'm more the latter, Paul. You know, I mean, it's very, I, I, I don't internalize that at all. You know, I just am happy that I've been able to do this for a living all these years because I love writing and I love putting on shows and I love collaborating with other um, talented theater makers, whether it's the actors and singers or the director or the choreographer or the conductor that's that's just so much fun for me i and and basically i'm coming to each project with that uh with that attitude and that excitement yeah and i don't really i i i'm not really outside myself looking at myself if you know what i mean
1: well i'm outside you looking at you and i just got well, to <laughs> <laughs> and when you're writing for for movies for pocahontas hunchback uh, you know i can go prince of egypt on and on with that enchanted as you said and now disenchanted um is that a, How does that differ? I mean, if, if somebody says, we need you to write for an animated film versus you're about to create a Broadway production or even a concert production.
0: You know, the truth is it's really not different, um, essentially, because you're still trying to tell a story. You're still trying to illuminate the characters. You're still trying to figure out how to use what you are doing to advance the entire um project. Uh the difference with movies is one has to be aware that it's movies are very visual and the camera's not going to be holding still. You know, on on stage, you can just have a singer stand in the middle of the stage and hit them with three spotlights and they sing for three and a half minutes and it's incredibly exciting you you can't do that in a movie you know they they're they're called motion pictures for a reason so do,
1: do you have a preference as to which one you are working on if you're given two projects one a movie one a one a broadway production which one do you go with
0: uh, um it's, it's more what the story is. Uh, um, le- the The story is more important to me than the particular medium in which it's going to be told. I, I really enjoy doing movies. I mean, it's no secret that we're in the midst of preparing the film version, the movie of Wicked. And, um, you know, we're in pre-production for that now. I've been doing recording sessions. And our fantastic director, John Chu, has been sending me, you know, little pictures of things that he's developing. Um, and it's, it's incredibly fun and exciting.
1: Well, since you mentioned it, it's also been announced that Wicked is going to be a two-part movie because we can't That's get correct. it all in one. Was that a John Chu call? Was that a Stephen Schwartz call? What did that happen?
0: Um, it just developed over time. It was all of us, and of course, Universal, uh, the studio, um, who's producing it, and we just we kept trying to get it into one movie without it being, you know, three and a half hours long. And we wound up we were always like cutting things that we felt bad about losing and so finally the decision was made well let's let's just do two movies and uh and that way we can do everything that that we want to do without as i say everybody getting exhausted just by the length
1: and will and maybe you don't know this yet but will movie number one end with Define gravity. I mean, is it going to follow things in that way or, or we should get ready for new and different things?
0: I mean, I guess I, again, I'm probably, I have too big a mouth and I'm probably not supposed to say We're this, friends. but There's nobody it listening seems to me, me pretty obviously that movie one ends with defying gravity. I mean, how could it not? You know, so yes, it, I, I, it does. And now I'll probably get in trouble for having said now, that.
1: <laughs> and I know what's going to happen too. She's going to hit the note, the lights of the theater are going to come up and we're going to applaud and still not have that moment. of Oh day. no,
0: there's a, there's a little bit, it's, it's very cinematic. So, something really cool happens at the end of it. I can tell you that.
1: Okay, so now that's not an animated film. So that's a different kind of challenge for you, right? Yeah, live that. action. So, where does that fit in the scheme of things of your
0: love? Um, well, you know, I'm working with, two unbelievable great singers and performers and and actresses actually as the stars in cynthia arrivo and ariana grande and so you know the fact that they're going to be on film and and yeah it's not not just their voices it's them and cynthia will be green of course so yeah it's going to be really fun
1: and by the way, kudos to you for uh, a couple of my friends are in have been in Wicked in New York. Alexandra Billings, who's a good friend, was the first
0: performer. Oh, Alexandra was so more? fantastic in the show. I just she was great, and uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed her performance. It was it was great to see her. And the first
1: trans performer uh, casted in yeah. the lead role. Yeah. So kudos on on that. And she's so.
0: Unbelievable! She's perfect for that role. She was she was great. She was funny, and then she was scary, and she sang it well, and she commands the stage, you know, with with such presence. She, yeah, she was fantastic. Oh,
1: she's been to my house for dinner. She's funny
0: and scary in that way too. I got it. Okay. Tell you. <laughs> well, I don't know about the scary part in real life, but she was scary on stage.
1: Well, I served fine crystal, and I said, "Be careful, Alex, because you could break one of those glasses." She wouldn't touch it. She said, "I want a paper cup."
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you also
1: have another Chicagoan, uh, at least understudying. Bachando Lopez is out in yeah, New
0: York now. very talented. So yeah. we
1: we have a lot of Chicago talent. Tell- well, we're going to see. Yeah, well, Randy Ch-
0: Reed was immorable for for a long time. Yeah, yes. we've yeah. been a lot of um you know great Chicago performers who've um favored us with on on Broadway for a while and then you know come back here, etc.
1: Well, Children of Eden is going to have two performances at three and eight. Now, right? I should are you going to be? there? Are you a fly on the wall? Are you high? Will people get? Oh, there's Stephen Schwartz. Oh, what
0: Um, full disclosure, I I have a previous commitment. And so I can't be here for the actual performance. Um, I'll be here for dress rehearsal tomorrow. And, you know, just I've been working with the with everybody for a couple of days. But um, disappointingly, um, I I have a previous commitment in New York on Saturday. So I'm gonna have to be there.
1: Do you want me to video it for you? And I'll just send you... (laughs)
0: yeah please do do a do a a pirate video <laughs> we're not a, we're not supposed to say that nobody do that that's a, that's a joke a it's that's, a so joke. That's wrong yes we're nobody. joking <laughs> nobody do
1: that um <laughs> well people can get tickets and check it out and you don't have yeah. much time and this show is saturday three and eight o'clock uh, as yeah. i said i'm gonna be at the eight o'clock and i just can't wait broadwayandchicago.com is where you can get tickets um Stephen, Chicago just loves you. I love you. And and I just I think you get that from from uh, this. this,
0: Thank you, you, Paul. No, I I, I always love being here. I'm excited when I get to come and work here. And and as I've intimated, I'm hoping that I'm that may be in my future as well.
1: I hope so, too. I thank you for your time. I know you're dealing with rehearsals and all sorts of things. Uh, I'll miss you with the show, but we'll stay in touch. Well, I'm glad we got to
0: say hello here. Yeah, Me
1: too. Children of Eden, don't miss it. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime, well, at least once this week, a lifetime (laughs) thing.
0: One day only. One One day day only only only. here in Chicago.
1: Stephen Schwartz, a living legend. I appreciate you. Thanks for your time.
0: Thanks. Always great to talk to you. You well. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye.